Welcome to Textile Update, the podcast where we can share our passion for textiles, fibers, and yarns. This is Gwendolyn Hustvedt. In our last episode in the series on finishes, we look at some pretty exciting functional finishes. If you're afraid of sunburns, it's exciting. We left off our discussion of functional finishes right after we got through kind of the most boring part of it, which is uh, dimensional stability. I mean, no offense against anti-felting, but yeah, right? Okay, it doesn't shrink. But now we can talk about something that feels pretty good, comfort, right? Uh, in most cases, what's creating comfort for a consumer or user of a textile is the way the textile handles moisture. So those polyester and nylon textiles that are hydrophobic caused us a little bit of discomfort when they were first developed, right? We noticed, ooh, we're sweaty. Had to sick the scientists on finding out why. And of course, it turns out they, they're hydrophobic. They absorb no moisture. And that makes people feel uncomfortable. One of the first things we did to try and solve that is to work on enhancing the wicking ability of the textile. So hydrophobic fibers already naturally keep the water around the outside surface of the fiber. And if we can apply a finish such as an alkali or acid that exposes more hydroxy groups uh, by pitting the surface of the fiber, basically giving it more surface area, then we can improve its wicking ability. So you'll see that in uh, active wear textiles, dry weave, that sort of thing. It's, uh, it's a synthetic, it's hydrophobic. They're bragging about wicking because they can't brag about actual absorbency. Uh, the other side of it, you might be uncomfortable if you're wet, right? So uh, this is where we might look at waterproofing. So if we completely close the pores of the fabric using a film or some sort of coating or laminate, then we have now made it so you're, you're dry and you're warm. The problem is if you're a human and are cooling your body by sweating, right, the heat from your body, uh, you put the sweat, the liquid on the surface, the heat evaporates the sweat, you now have a layer of, of vapor, water vapor, inside your garment between you and the textile. And in a uh, waterproof setting, that vapor can't leave. It's trapped inside there with you. And at a certain point, you are no longer able to evaporate any more uh, water or sweat off the surface of your skin because you've reached the, the vapor pressure point where, where it no longer happens, right? It's foggy enough in there. And then basically your sweating stops being efficient and you begin to overheat because you're no longer sweating by uh, evaporating your sweat. So we came up with a solution to this, which is those uh, microporous laminates. So we have a, a Teflon membrane that is a, a film that has tiny micropores, definitely hydrophobic. So the minute that the water vapor hits it, the um, Teflon pulls the vapor through the pore, and now it's on the outside where it can then go ahead and evaporate because you have the vapor pressure of, you know, the entire planet. Well, humidity gets to like 95 and it starts to get hard to sweat at that point because, you know, it's like the whole world has joined you in one big sweat fest. So that's a way to really improve comfort. Uh, all right. Now, another thing that can be um, helpful in keeping people dry would be to just kind of give a textile a bit of a boost. So we may have a textile like cotton that would normally just absorb all the rain that hit it. 
But if we can put a hydrophobic coating on the surface of the textile, a hydrophobic finish, then the uh, uh, water that hits, hits the surface will beat up and then uh, drip away. We call this uh, repelling it, right? So it basically says, ooh, don't soak into this textile. I'm laying here, this hydrophobic barrier, but you still have the inner disease, the pores of the fabric that can allow it to breathe. And honestly, you've probably tried a raincoat like this, right? It's mostly dry, but if you're in a real downstorm or you sit on the moist area, it will come through. So it's breathable. You can still sweat inside of it, but the uh, water repellent finish on the surface is actually um, pushing the moisture away. So that, that can be very helpful. Uh, these finishes can be durable, right? So you can buy something that has the finish applied in a durable way. Uh, it could be applied at the point of sale, right? So you can scotch guard the fabric. That's basically what this finish is. Um, and uh, one of the cool things we discovered is that this also, these hydrophobic finishes also improve dealing with soils and stains, right? So we'll move on to that. It's not really comfort, but who wants to have salad dressing spots on the surface of their garment? So if we have this hydro hydrophobic finish, in this case, it's a, a fluoropolymer, like the fluoride that you put on your teeth, which is designed to repel soil from your teeth uh, to improve your cavity resistance. So if you're gonna avoid fluoridated water, you need to avoid any um, waterproofing of any kind as well. Um, sorry, I shouldn't even support uh, anti-science thoughts like that. Uh, I grew up with fluoridated teeth and look at me, I'm as bright as a button. Uh, the dentist would literally coat my mouth with fluoride, bright as a button. So the fluoride, uh, uh, fluoropolymer finish helps to um, make it not only hydrophobic, but also oleophobic. Obe oleophobic, right? So you're not just repelling water, which would be like the grape juice. You're repelling the salad dressing, which is water, like or vinegar and oil mixed together. Uh, and this is really great for um, uh, any finish that is naturally oleophilic, right? So if we have an oleophobic finish on the surface, then that really helps. So we especially see these soil spot or stain repellent finishes as being popular for uh, polyester. You can tell if something has a uh, water repellent finish on it because water will bead up on the surface. So you're trying on a raincoat in the, in the dressing room, you might just, whoops, accidentally spill a little water on it and see if it forms a bead. That's the, um, the water being repelled by the surface. So it forms a little ball like, I get me away from here. If you put a bead of milk, which is made of both oil or the fat and water, then it should form a bead as well. Mm, I don't think you really have a good excuse to be pouring milk on stuff in dressing rooms. So you might have to actually buy it first. But if you're a buyer, for example, you could say, look, I wanna test this. And then you could test it with, with something like milk that naturally has oil a fat source in it already. Um, but then of course, this brings up uh, another issue which is that uh, oleophilic textiles, right? And, and, and finishes such as durable press finish that are oleophilic. Um, they get dirty and they stay dirty. But if we have a fiber like polyester that is uh, hydrophobic as well, it can be hard to actually get the soil to wash away. We can't get proper wetting. So we might actually apply a finish 
that improves the wetting of the fabric so that we can help to release the soil as well right so helping it to become more absorbent it's it's kind of funny like we have to invent a finish to solve a problem with a different finish but uh, that's the modern world right you invent a drug to deal with the side effect of the drug to deal with the side effect of the drug to deal with the side effect of the drug to deal with the headache right so uh, the soil release finish is specifically designed to improve the wetting capability of uh, this the textile in order to allow stains to wash away more easily because the detergent can actually slide in under the stain and lift it off so for example scotchgard stain release is uh, something that would be designed specifically to help carpeting wet when it's being cleaned so that stains can come out but there are certain situations such as carpeting in um, food establishments that will really benefit from this finish I mentioned that uh, we can apply uh, finishes at the point of sale. So you could actually order a finish to be applied. Uh, if you're purchasing a carpeting or a sofa, for example, you could say, I'd like to scotch guard it. You can um, buy the fabric already uh, with the finish applied at the mill. Or as a consumer, you can buy a can of something and just spray it on, right? So honestly, if you're at a dealer or a car dealer and they say they want to scotch guard your car, just say no thank you. You can get cans of scotch guard and do it yourself for a lot less than they're going to charge. I don't have it in for car dealers, but it seems like they sometimes tend to upsell stuff that shouldn't be as expensive as it is. All right, now we get to the exciting stuff. UV resistant finishes. I did my whole master's thesis on sun protection provided by textiles. Uh, we don't think of textiles as, as preventing uh, a lot of damage to our bodies, but of course, they're protecting us from the radiation that comes in the form of ultraviolet radiation from the sun. And while we can't see ultraviolet light, it damages the DNA in our skin and makes us vulnerable to immune system changes as well as cancer that's a result of the damage to the DNA. I don't know if, if you know anybody that's had skin cancer, but for people who have skin cancer, it can be very devastating. Uh, your skin is an incredibly large organ that covers your whole body, and uh, it's very difficult to treat skin cancer. You can, you know, chop parts off, but uh, uh, it, it may not be enough to prevent the cancer um, from having spread to somewhere else. Uh, you know, ironically, um, firefighters are really vulnerable to skin cancer. Um, that's because when they enter a burning building, the building is full of the soot and pollution created by all of the things in the house burning, many of which are not uh, releasing beneficial chemicals. And so uh, a burning house is an incredible pollution site. And uh, uh, so I come from a family of firefighters, although I had a customer one time who was a firefighter and um, brought in uh, textiles for me to work on alter and that sort of thing and got skin cancer and uh and i guess i can just say for people who've been devastated by that i'm really sorry um and i used to tell a joke in class basically you know they can cut off your nose but they can't stop it from from happening but uh, i think one of the challenges is that the parts of our body that are very vulnerable to radiation things like our lips our nostrils our ears our eyelids are um are all really close to our brain right and so uh it ends up being something that uh that can really um yeah can really change the life of a family and a hat a hat it's putting on a hat 
right? Slip, slap, slop. That's what they say. Slip on a shirt, slap on some sunglasses, uh, or slap on a hat, and slop on some sunscreen, right? So slip, slap, slop. And uh, textiles that have UV-resistant finishes applied will have uh, high protection against radiation. And unlike a sunscreen that washes off or fades away over the course of a day as it's damaged by the radiation hitting it, that's why the sunscreen stops being effective after a couple of hours because it basically died doing its job. Um, but, the, but the hat is still on your head <laughs> at the end of the day. So uh, UV resistant finishes are a very important part, especially for the outdoor industry. We can apply a finish to help uh, with organism resistance, right? So bioactive agents can reduce microbial growth of funguses and um, bacteria. And I, I think a whole other podcast will need to focus on viral uh, protection, right? But uh, we can apply these bioactive agents to textiles, especially in the medical industry and uh, uh, reducing microbial growth such as fungus can um, be great for outdoor applications where we might have been worried about mildew. Not to uh, continue the serious tone, but uh, growing up in the mountains of Colorado, I've seen my share of forest fires. And uh, even now, like a lot of people who've lived through a forest fire, just the smell of wood smoke will cause me to lift my head and look around for the for the wall of flames coming over the top of the ridge and uh, cause my heart to pound a little bit harder. Uh, it's nothing like uh, the memory of seeing the sun uh, blood orange through the haze of smoke as uh, an entire community that you uh, grew up in is burning down. So uh, flame resistance is very important for firefighters and for products that are used in settings where uh, flames would be uh, difficult to control. Flame resistance is very important, to, for example, in, tech, in transportation textiles or in public situations where uh, having a lot of people trapped in a burning facility, a theater, for example, if the carpeting in the theater caught on fire or the foam uh, that was applied to the ceiling for acoustical soundproofing, for example, a lot of people could die, uh, be trampled to death in the rush to leave the facility and also just die from inhaling toxic smoke and, and that's happened. Uh, it's not just a, uh, an imaginary thing. Um, so we can start by uh, having uh, flame resistant fibers. So fibers that either self-extinguish like protein fibers or have had a, an, add, uh, an additive added to the solution to the dope, right? So solution additive can make the fiber so that it doesn't want to burn, right? It, it will burn while it's in the flame, right? Self-extinguishing fibers will burn while they're in the flame. But then as soon as the flame source is removed, the fire goes out. This can be great for carpeting because you don't want it to start on fire in the first place. Uh, flame retardant finishes uh, are um, used to slow down the fire. And this is especially uh, used in infant sleepwear Oh, there's a challenge. You know, parents don't like uh, using uh, products that have a finish on them. They want stuff that's all natural to touch their baby. But of course, uh, all the flame retardant finish is trying to do is to buy maybe five precious minutes between um, when you have all evacuated the burning house and the firefighter goes back into the burning house to get the baby. 
uh, 18 months is the cutoff because that's the age at which children become fully aware and ambulatory. So before that, the crib may be on fire, but they may not really be aware or be able to move away from the fire. Uh, and so it's important that whatever they're wearing to sleep in and their bedding all uh, slows the fire down long enough that, that the fire alarm will wake you up and you have those few precious minutes to actually rescue the baby. Every time we loosen regulation on flame resistant for infant sleepwear, the number of deaths due to fire among uh, infants goes up. And so then we have this pendulum where parents complain about the finishes. So we reduce the regulation and then babies start to die and then we tighten the regulation. Um, it's a balance that we're seeking um, between um, a, you know, long-term and potentially imagined harms created by the finishes and the very real uh, consequences and harms that families suffer when a child dies in a fire. Uh, of course, I didn't even mention things that just simply can't burn like fiberglass or metal. Uh, these are used in settings where even slowing a fiber down isn't, uh, fire down isn't good enough. So like the cockpit door of an airplane will be, will be made from uh, metal fibers or, or glass fibers that, that won't burn uh, in order to provide the pilots uh, the maximum amount of time um, if a fire breaks out in the cabin. Well, gosh, isn't all of that super cheerful? I should probably switch the order of the discussion and talk about all this, you know, deadly fire and then talk about stains, right? Um, because it seems uh, so much less uh, life or death. But in fact, uh, in many cases, textiles are responsible for saving the lives of people, uh, essential workers who are battling against uh, uh, deadly situations and for whom uh, uh, textile is the only thing that can protect them. You know, we call it personal protective equipment, PPE, and that really just hides the fact that it's just it's just clothes, right? It's just fancy clothes that can do something fancy. If you call it PPE, it sounds like you should, you know, that it's something mysterious, right? But it's it's goggles, it's a mask, it's it's a suit, right? Um, but uh, it's been uh, tested and designed to perform in a way that can really protect people. And that's the important thing, right? So firefighter is wearing PPE, right? But uh, in the end, when it comes down to it, most often, it's a textile that's in there saving someone's life. So that ends our discussion of finishes, which for many of you will finish up your textile experience.